Hey guys, this is The Weekly. This is part two, one of two of the messages that we have filmed and recorded this week for you on Thanksgiving week 2020. My name is Jay. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary with my co-host, my really good friend, Pastor Thomas. How's it going, my friend? It's going good, Jay. In episode one, we talked a lot about Thanksgiving, what we're going to eat, what we love about Thanksgiving. Uh, we learned that it's your favorite holiday and my favorite day to watch football. <laughs> It's a great day. We hope that you're having a great Thanksgiving week. If you're traveling this week, we are just praying a lot of travel mercies in the 2020 for you. If you're home by yourself this year, we are sorry. It stinks to be alone and isolated on a, a holiday like we experienced in Easter. So we're praying for you as well. Don't do this alone. So we're just my encouragement to you is reach out to someone. If you're not, if you don't have Thanksgiving plans, make sure you're making some Thanksgiving phone calls to family members, to friends, reaching out. Uh, don't do it alone. Okay, so we're in part two. We've been talking about the back half of Acts 28, the last two verses of 28, and the conversation was so good, we just kept going. So we wanted a break here for a second. Hey, what do we got coming up at Calvary this December, Thomas? You know, I'm really excited. This December, we're going to start gathering on all three of our campuses in Boulder, Erie, and Thornton for evenings of prayer, worship, and word of encouragement. And they're going to happen on the first three Thursdays of December. So that's the 3rd, the 10th, and the 17th. We're hoping to be in person. There's registration online for that. That'll happen December 1st. If you would like to participate in praying, um, seeking God's face, coming before him, but don't want to be in person, we're going to simulcast, stream the prayer gatherings. So you can go to calvarybible.com and pick up that stream on those evenings. I believe it's going to be between six and seven, about an hour um, gathered together. Yeah. And if you're one of those people that's going to be going to be streaming, hey, we've got the technology. God has graced us with the technology. Thanks to your generosity that um, you're going to want to tune in. You're not going to miss, even if you can't be in person, you don't want to miss us as Calvary, the family, coming back, praying together to hopefully kick off a great oh, yeah. 2021. We got a, we got big plans for 2021, and before we put any of those into place, we want to seek God's face. We want to pray. Um, one of Calvary's DNAs is that before we take the next big step with God, we saturate it in prayer. We ask Him uh, where He's leading so that we would stay in step. We wouldn't lag behind, nor would we rush ahead and so we're calling the church again for these nine opportunities to be praying. I can't wait, my friend. I'm so encouraged when we get together and pray together. So uh, don't miss out. Join us um, this December on these prayer nights. All that information can be found at carrybible.com. Just click that events button. You'll see it, evenings of prayer, night of prayer, and all that details are there. Yeah, and if you want to... If you're a woman at Calvary and want to get connected in community, the Christmas brunch is still happening. It's going to be in person or on Zoom. So go to calvarybible.com slash events. There's still time to sign up. Kathy and Teresa Boulder and Erie are both working behind the scenes to make something really special happen for you ladies this year at Calvary. So don't miss on the Christmas brunch, calvarybible.com slash events. Okay, let's, let's get back into this conversation. So I want to read... Just the last two verses of Acts 28, 30-31. For the two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own, own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And we talked about the sort of the two things first we find out in the last two verses of Acts 28. Hospitality, flexibility. Let's, let's dive deeper and people on the weekly 
who've written us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. You can write any week. We love getting uh, emails from you, questions about uh, what you're wrestling with in your faith or in the text. Um, wrote about this this thing called evangelism. And it's a, it's a scary topic. We've talked about it already on the weekly a couple of times, but I feel like people are really unfamiliar about what evangelism is. So, Thomas, how do you frame it up? How do you live it out? What are ways we can move in evangelism? All right, so like Jay was saying, the last two verses is a model that we get from Paul in a season that he didn't think he'd be in, but with this clear focus of the kingdom of God, proclaiming the gospel. And there he is uh, has a strong muscle of hospitality, welcoming all those who are in his life who wanted to hear the gospel into his life. And then there's a strong muscle of flexibility. He's able to pivot and change as the circumstances around his life change. He doesn't give up hope. He doesn't say that we're closed and shut up. He is continuing to persevere through it. And this is that last muscle for the sake of, of evangelism. Is The goal is sharing the gospel and gathering the sheep, the people of God. So hospitality and flexibility naturally lead into evangelism. Uh, especially in today's culture, uh, the, the cold call is just not probably going to happen. Right. Uh, here in America, where we're already afraid of each other, you know, garage doors go up, people come out in suburbia and then head to work, and then they come back and they go in the garage, garage door closes down. You're going to need some relational equity with people. And that's my number one encouragement. Of all the ways that I've um, done evangelism, from door to door, I kid you not, four spiritual laws, cold, walking up to someone in the mall, sitting on the campus. Um, my go-to now is first, build relational equity, which has some form of hospitality. You have to have a shared life together. Right. And so through that, I'm flexible on where they're at. Where, where has God already been moving in their life? I'm trying to pay attention to what are their uh, spiritual hunger, what, what's their pangs, what are what's some of their frustrations, their questions, their doubts, what are discouragements in their life, and then being flexible to hear and listen, I want to be able to address their needs in a spiritual way. So evangelism is the ability to share the gospel. That's it, is can you talk about the things that God has revealed in the scriptures and has transformed your life through? So can you be able to share your story, your own testimony, and can you connect their story with God's story? And so when I think of evangelism, one of the, the easiest ways to start that conversation, and I would even encourage people to do this today, is if you have a neighbor, a coworker, someone in your family um, who's really hurting but doesn't know the Lord yet, ask them this question. You could ask them this week um, around the Thanksgiving table, is, is there something that I can be praying for? And that question is super disarming because, you know, they don't have to be a praying person. Right. You're just a praying person. And so I'll go up to someone that I'm meeting, even if, it's, if I've only met them for 90 seconds, I can say, hey, it was so nice to meet you, you know, Nancy. Um, is there something, it sounds like you got a lot going on in life, is there something I can be praying for? And then they'll share something with you. Like, well, I'm not much of a person of prayer, but if you're going to pray about something, pray for my husband, Bill. He has a job interview coming up. Boom. Instantly, I get a window into their world. Why? So, oh yeah, I'll pray for this interview. Is he between jobs? Yeah, he was laid off and he's looking for this new job. Oh my goodness. You know, that's probably really hard to be unemployed at this time. I'll be praying for the new job. Also just be praying for your encouragement. So through their prayer request, which I take very seriously, I'm also given a window into what's going on in their world. Pray for my daughter because of X. Pray for, you know, my mom because of Y. They start sharing what's going on in their life. And then I start praying for them. And perhaps in the Lord's kindness, he answers that prayer in a very visible way so that they recognize that they had shared their prayer request with me and God had answered their prayer request. 
But regardless, that kind of leads me to this last piece of, I want to ask, you know, what is something going on in their life that I can be praying for, but then I want to follow up with it. Um, that's the key. This is kind of the, the, the part of evangelism is I want to follow up. Even if God doesn't answer it the way I think he's going to answer it, it gives me a second time to have an interaction with someone. So if they say, yeah, Bill's going to be having a, a job interview. Will you pray for him? My next question is, absolutely, when's that job interview? And they say, oh, it's December 17th. Well, guess what I do? I grab my phone and my calendar, and in my calendar I put down December 17th. Call Nancy, ask how the job interview went. And then I'm able to continue the conversation that we had uh, in her life. Yeah, can I even break this down uh, even into simpler baby steps? Yeah. Is when we talk about evangelism, one of the best ways to be evangelistic is to practice it. So let me just encourage you, if you're even uncomfortable asking a non-Christian, what can I pray for? Maybe this Thanksgiving, if you have Christians around your table, to ask the same question and to get in the rhythm of, just baby steps of asking people, what can I be praying for you? What's going on in your world? And then doing the follow-up, praying diligently for them and putting in that in the calendar, even for a Christian is like, that is a simple baby step because you'll get so comfortable with that, that it'll just naturally out of flow with non-Christians. Hey, I ask Christians all the time, what can I be praying for? What can I be praying for you? I mean, that's a simple way in which that conversation, those baby steps become just really natural and normal. Because evangelism, I think, has some back history sometimes, some some baggage that I can't declutter. And it's usually based upon all these things I got to do at this moment instead of all these baby steps that lead up to these moments in evangelism in my own life. What do you think? No, I think that's absolutely true. And even just learning about some prayer requests might even move you to have some other actions in their life beyond prayer. Right. So if they are praying for a job, and you learn that they're financially having a hard time. Maybe you're able to help give some reprieve there. Or if they're really discouraged or their schedule's not working, they can't get their kids from point A to point B, maybe you can come alongside and serve them. Um, perhaps maybe someone's sick, and you can start bringing a meal. And all of a sudden, just a prayer request turns into actionable items where you're building more relational equity. Now, what's the purpose of all of this? Right. What is the purpose of all this? The purpose is so that they come to know Jesus. Right. Now, I, I hear so many times, like, people aren't projects, you know, so we can't treat them like projects. Amen. People are not projects. People are people, which means they're made in the image of God, that God has made women and men in his image, and he desires that none would perish. And for whatever wisdom the Lord has chosen, he has allowed us, as his ambassadors, to be the messengers of reconciliation. That's right. And make his appeal through us. And so we're simply being, one, maybe it's obedient to, to Christ, but we're also fulfilling why we're here on the planet, as we talked about last week. And so people really matter, which is why we want them to know their creator, the one who made them and loved them and can save them. Yeah, this asks the selfish question. What has the Lord done in your own life? What fruit has he produced in your own life, in own worldview, when you came to know him? Don't you want others to realize and live in this freedom that you live in, this bondage of fear that holds so many people back that you would switch that to the fear of the Lord and to the beginning of wisdom, to the beauty of following Jesus and his story. I mean, evangelism is so easy when you realize it's so important because it's so important to you. Yeah. Crisis. We all talk about the things that we love. Right. There's a big question mark why we don't talk about Jesus very often. Yeah. What is that question? Why don't we do it? I think that's a question that everyone has to answer. So we all talk about the things that we love. So why don't we talk about Jesus very often? 
And I know there's some fear. And so I love what you're saying, Jay. You just got to start practicing it. Yeah. You just got to go out there and build this muscle that says, I'm going to allow people um, to hear, to see, to experience Jesus through me. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so who do I talk to? Well, the first step is this, even in the morning, in the afternoon, at lunch, whenever it is, pray for opportunities. Jesus, give me an opportunity to talk about you, to collect someone's prayer request today. I guarantee you, you pray that often enough, that prayer is going to be answered um, in some pretty incredible ways. I know, bringing back what we talked about last week with a prayer life is a shared life with Jesus. Right. That posture of prayer, waking up in the morning, in the afternoon, just saying, all right, Lord, this is your day. It's not mine, it's yours. You've got big plans. I want to be on your agenda. What do you got? If there's people that um, need to hear about you, if there's people that need to be served, loved, connected with, I'm all in. Just start showing them to me. That's how I've been living in the last season of my life. And it is so fun. Starts cataloging some of the stories of, then God just totally changed my Monday afternoon. Right. And then God showed up and I'm having this conversation with someone and I'm praying with them in my driveway, at Safeway, in the parking lot, the gas station, wherever, because I just met someone, asked them a couple questions and it's led to this deeper conversation and then I'm praying for them. That's right. Do you want... It's, it comes down to this question of like, even selfishly, do you, what type of story do you want to tell with your life? What do you want to tell with your Monday, this Monday? What do you want to tell with your, your story on Thanksgiving around that dinner table? And I guarantee you it goes better. Your story becomes more and more meaningful when you give more and more of yourself to Christ and his story. I mean, it just is. It's the beauty of it, right? That you, the more you love Christ, the more you tell others about Christ, the more joy you have in it. It's just like this wonderful mechanism to give you just such a meaningful life. I mean, I couldn't even think about doing COVID without Christ in 2020. Can you? Imagine- I, I would walk around scared, afraid, isolated, living in bondage and fear to new cycles to articles I read to friends I talk to when none of that is a reality when I have Christ, you know, do I have to be safe? Yeah. Do I have to love my neighbor? Of course, but I don't have to live in fear of what 2020 will hold because I know who holds all this together. Or, you know, Jay, you're superhuman. Sometimes I get still afraid and a little anxious, yeah. uh, but then I know where to go. Right. Is I, I think about, you know, David, with his mighty men, terrible tragedy has happened. It's bad news. And then it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. And, you know, there's times when I get spun up and I get a little nervous and I get, you know, a little timid, but I know where to go. And I know strengthen myself in the Lord, and then I'm able to move forward. That's right, man. And not, I'm not as superhuman as you think. <laughs> I'm just most, joking with you. Most days I, I do all those things, and then I remember – what the lesson I've learned in 2020 is that there's a good shepherd. Yeah. He knows my name. And that's why I think I get more passionate about evangelism in the last 10 years. Is I think in the very beginning when I was walking with the four spiritual laws in my pocket and trying to share my faith, it was got to get people saved. Right. Which is, you know what? Amen. But now there's this, I, I got to get people connected. I want people to know what I know and enjoy life. Have God in their marriage and in their family, in their finances. The freedom of life with Christ is so good that I want people to have it. Right, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, so we're talking about 
on the end of these two verses of Acts, what do you think we're going as a church in the Advent season in the 2021 so that we can start preparing our own prayers, our own heart for what we're going to be journeying with as the Calvary family this year? All right, get excited, Jay. As always, Christmas comes in December. No surprise. No surprise. <laughs> but this this December, we have really recognized um, that people feel like life is hopeless. Um, there are families here at Calvary that are experiencing incredible tragedies of people who have lost their life um, this last year, people who have taken their life. And it is so brutal to walk alongside these things without hope. And so we, we grieve these losses, um, but Paul tells us to grieve not as those without hope, but with hope. And the hope is the seasoning in the midst of grief that allows us to be pressed but not crushed. Um, and so we're going to intentionally look at the Christmas story through this lens is what is the hope of Christmas? And so we're going to look at the promise of hope or that the hope was promised long ago in the midst of ashes and rubble when, when Israel um, was uh, taken away in bondage and just the, the hopes of a better day just seemed impossible. But there was the promise of a hope coming and then the arrival of hope and then the fulfillment of hope. And so we're going to, starting in December on the, uh, the weekend of the 3rd, sorry, the weekend of the 6th, start looking at the promise of hope. And so if there are people in your life, if you yourself are discouraged, um, you know people who are discouraged, these are going to be really helpful messages to look at what is hope and the person, the name of hope that puts this into our life so that we can be people of Christ with great hope in this season. That's a lot of hope. I hope so. <laughs> and 2021, what is it shaping up? What do you think discerning as you might land the plane in for 2021? Can we ask, or is that still top secret? It's super top secret. But no, I, I, I'll give you this. Um, as we're praying and, and outlining what the beginning of the year looks like for the first two months right off the bat is getting around the life of Jesus is we want to be in the historical life of Jesus and seeing his mercy and his compassion, seeing his um, love for people, as well as what he's calling people to. Like, what is the high call on people? And they have to respond. And so we, we spent a whole season, a whole year, talking about the church, which is great. All that Jesus continued to do by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the apostles, through the church today. Um, and now we're going to zero in with a laser focus of who did Jesus say he was, what did Jesus do? And what in me does that say that I have to do in my life? What, what call does that have on my life? And what does that shape in my own identity? Who does that mean I am as a follower of Christ? Man, that's a lot of goodness coming in the end of 2020 and 2021, man. Looking forward to it. I am too. I mean, just in my own study, to think about, I'm going to look at the Christmas story through the lens of the hope that Christmas brings, the arrival of Christ in our present circumstance. God with us, Emmanuel. And then just laser focus, zero in on who is this Jesus um, and who does he say he is and who does he say I am. Oh, man. Thanks so much for sharing a little bit of what's coming up at Calvary in 2020 and 2021. Uh, if you're a faithful listener, just if you have any questions about these two podcasts, don't hesitate to reach out to us at the weekly at calvarybible.com. We would love to hear from you over the Thanksgiving break. Um, let me lead you and in you with this in First Thessalonians 5.18. One of the most famous Thanksgiving passages in all of scripture says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to live in God's will, this is what it is, that you give thanks in all circumstances. 
I know 2020 has been a crazy year, but this week, as Calvary Bible people, as the family of Calvary, family of God, let us give thanks of all the goodness and grace that God has shown us and his abundant kindness in 2020. So this week, get around the text of 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and give thanks in all circumstances. We're praying for you. We miss you. We look for the day we're gathering together. Don't forget that you can reach out to us at any time at calvarybible.com. Go look at, listen to some messages. Get involved with what God's doing here. Make sure you mark your calendar for the prayer gatherings in December on the third, the three Thursdays in December. And have a great week. It's been a pleasure to journey with you on Thanksgiving week. Go get some turkey coma on. And we look forward to seeing you in December.